Hello everybody, welcome back to the podcast, welcome back to CFS Transformation and welcome to 2024. New year, same vibes here and today I'm going to kick off the year with a client Q&A which I think is my first like official one of these. I refer to conversations I've had with clients frequently but I never really have dedicated a whole episode to it I don't think. So um, here we go, I think this will be actually really helpful I'm going to start doing them a little more often because 99% of the time, what one person struggles with, so does many other people. Um, Okay, so the first question is, how do I know when I've stabilised enough to increase my activity? Okay, this is a good one. The short answer is when a doctor has told you your bloods are fine and when you start considering this question. If you're thinking, I could probably increase my activity, but I don't know if I should, that is an indicator that your mind and beliefs is what's holding you back more so than your physical body and your fear response as well. Your fear around experiencing symptoms um, or setting yourself back could be the problem, probably is the problem, (laughs) more so than your actual physical ability. And... If that is the case, then I'd recommend going and listening to the Befriending Your Symptoms episode. Now, obviously, I don't know your personal situation. So take what I'm saying here with some level of objectivity and use a little logic. That's always helpful. And I think we can forget that we have access to that when we spend a lot of time in our fear response. For example, if you've recently come out of hospital or, you know, something like this, then don't worry about increasing your activity right now. Um, But if you are highly sedentary, it's never a bad idea to consider more activity. What I will say is start small with no expectations of yourself. As an example, if you've been highly sedentary and you're just, um, you haven't really been doing much at all, just getting back to general Daily movement would be the first step, (laughs) no pun intended, Um, as in like just getting back to walking around the house and maybe cooking for yourself, cleaning, getting outside for a breath of fresh air, like that's all we need to focus on. If you're already here, then we start with a little yoga session or bodyweight movement at home, again no expectations, Um, so kind of looking at where you're at and using a bit of logic on how to build on it, not trying to go from zero to a hundred. The next thing I'll say is if any symptoms do come up as a result, embrace them and be calm with them. Don't panic. It's completely expected and it's not a bad thing. Growth isn't comfortable and if symptoms come up, like I've just said, that's to be expected. They're going to be there as a part of recovery And we may as well meet them with calm rather than with more panic. Panic and fear will fuel your fear response and make you like increase on the fear you already have around movement. Um, And again, I think zooming out and, and taking an objective look at life, like movement is medicine. It's not the movement that's bad. Um, It's our fear response around it. Movement is one of the most natural healing things we can do for our bodies um, and really kind of 
ingraining that into your belief system will also help you. Okay, next question. When to push and when to pull back? Okay, this is quite a good follow-on question, isn't it, from the last one. So in this situation, again, I invite you to use a little logic. I know a lot of the advice is listen to your body, which I completely agree with. That should be the long-term goal. But when you're in the stage of recovery, of not really knowing what your body is saying, or not being able to listen to it due to years of ignoring it, we need to try and use a bit of logic so that eventually we can start listening to our body just off instinct. I also encourage you to take a moment here to like write down or visualise how you want your life to look in terms of your activity levels, your ideal life. Because a trap we can fall into is striving to increase activity, but we don't really know why, like we're not connected to that why. We're just doing it because we've been told we should. And our body doesn't feel like giving us our abilities back because it doesn't trust that you will use that energy to live in a supportive way. The trust between you and your body isn't there yet. And if you're just, I know this sounds a bit funny, but (laughs) your intention really matters when you're trying to expand, expand activity. Are you doing it because you think you should? Because a doctor has told you to, because you're trying to control your body or force it to conform just in disguised as like helping yourself and healing so just pause for a moment and identify (coughs) excuse me I've had calls all morning and now I've got a really dry throat (laughs) um okay what was I saying uh yeah just take like a pause in this kind of whirlwind of thoughts you have going on and identify what being more active looks like on you to you not to anyone else if a good question to ask is if you had all your energy back all of a sudden how would you act how would you treat your body what would you do would you go straight back to overdoing it and treating your body like a machine because if you haven't thought about this or learned your lesson yet then your body will keep abstaining until it feels safe with you I don't know if that's the right word to use there but I think it applies to this situation um until you check in with it frequently and identify what will make you happy and healthy and what that looks like on you in alignment with your values then your body won't really conform because you're still trying to maybe please society or other people or false expectations that you've set in your head as limiting beliefs Once you've done some reflection on this, then you know um, you're pushing, if that's what we're going to call it, is with good intention and with the best interests for your body. And you can trust that even if symptoms do arise, you're still doing the right thing for your body. Just like um, in the last, in the first question that we spoke about, uh, just be sure to respond to any symptoms that do come up well, meeting them with calm and acceptance um, and you can't really go wrong. And rather than seeing this as I'm going to get this right or wrong, just see it as like a, a trial period, like a tester period of you getting to know your limits and slowly expanding them. When you take away that fear of putting a foot wrong, 
um, I think that frees up a lot of energy and, and makes the whole process a lot easier. Growth is not comfortable. We only learn from mistakes. And experiencing symptoms does not mean you've done any damage. I know that can sound conflicting because the way it feels in your body is like you have done damage, but you haven't because your symptoms are, they're not as a result of some like physical abrasion in your body. They're driven by your fear response. So they're coming from your uh, mind. And um, this is why when you experience symptoms, it doesn't mean you've actually done damage. It's just because you're now in this kind of hypersensitive state. And it's expected as a part of recovery. The only time I would say pull back is if logically you have been overdoing it. Like you have gone from zero to 100 in a week. I think this is one of the hardest concepts for a type A personality to grasp because you aren't familiar with the fact that your human body needs rest and downtime frequently. Um, or somebody who may, for somebody who may not be a type A, they would like, say they overdid it for a few days or a week, they would then naturally, just based on how they were feeling, give themselves some downtime to like regroup and, you know, feel better because they're aware that they've been burning the candle. But when we aren't mindful and we've spent our whole life pushing through, we kind of feel like a failure when our body tells us it needs rest or we, we associate that with being lazy or, you know, our self-worth really takes a um, hit because we base our value on our output. And it also means that there's room for uncomfortable emotions to come up that we have probably been trying to avoid forever. So um, I don't really know where I was going with that. <laughs> rather than Rather than seeing it as like pushing and pulling back, just see it as your body learning to trust you again and you're going to keep showing up to get it back to a healthful state but also giving yourself unconditional permission to rest even if that is from the simplest of tasks to begin with okay number three can relationships affect staying stuck in cfs yes i absolutely think it can somebody also asked me this on instagram this week uh yeah, relationships are a huge part of the multifaceted picture that is health. They require a lot of your energy. And did you know that the people we surround ourselves with are a really good reflection of our self-worth? And they also really dictate how we continue to live our lives. So being in, I think, I don't remember where I read this quote, but it was like, you are the sum of the five people you spend most time with or something like that which I think is really true. It's just a, it's similar to how your environment really dicta dictates your behaviours. The people you're with most of the time also does. And we also can pick up like nervous system regulation or dysregulation from the people around us. A bit like if you, I don't like if anyone grew up in a household with like a parent who has bad mental health um, or something like this, you will have grown up feeling in like a constant state of stress and their dysregulated nervous system kind of impacts yours this is the um concept of like generational trauma which i'm not going to go into because that's a whole nother topic <laughs> anyway right what was i saying um yeah relationships impacting staying stuck for sure 
So like if you're in uh, relationships that are draining, that can definitely fuel your stress response and consume a lot of your energy. And this is true for romantic, family relationships, friend relationships and work environments as well. So um, boundaries is a really helpful tool in relationships, especially if you're not in a place to just remove people from your life that um, isn't necessarily always the answer or possible for certain reasons, but we can look to have more boundaries and protect our own energy first and continue to work on our relationship with ourselves. Um, going through CFS, in my experience, was a very uh, single time. I came out of quite an unhealthy relationship just before I went into hospital, actually, and got really well, really unwell, <laughs> which on reflection... <laughs> went into hospital and got well oh so funny right (laughs) I'm losing my mind I've been on calls all morning and I feel like I can't even get my words out today sometimes if I talk too much I get like overwhelmed by the sound of my own voice okay I've got one more question after this and then then we'll start to wrap it up because I'm obviously not completely in this today um so when I went into hospital and got unwell that was not long after I came out of um, what I would say is quite a toxic relationship. And I'm not, so I'm not saying that you need to go and make yourself single if you're in a relationship, but I now identify that relationship as like a contributing factor to my stress. One of many contributing factors for sure. Um, and I know a lot of you are actually really blessed with some really supportive relationships, which can be so important to your recovery um but when I look back a lot of my relationships with friends family and work people changed a lot over those few years where I had um, when I was experiencing CFS because it's a huge time of change and growth for you if you're going to come out of it which means the people around you need to be receptive and respectful and ideally supportive of that And if they're not, then I would recommend like looking at boundary implementation. Okay, final question for this Q&A. My symptoms have eased, but I still don't feel right at all. Can you recommend anything? I can, yes. So firstly, I hope you feel reassured in knowing that this is normal. Not something to worry about. You have been through a huge life change in quite a short time period. And if we zoom out and look at the timeline of life, it it is a short time period. I recommend taking some time, maybe with a journal, to reflect on your values and how you actually want to live your life now. What does your perfect day look like? And think about everything. Work, relationships, where you live, what you do, what kind of person you want to be. Um, It's quite a lot but there's no rush either. You're likely experiencing feeling lost because your life looks very different now. I'd also recommend a gratitude practice, learning to fall in love with your life for what it is now, rather than resenting it, helps us start in a place of, um, helps us move into more of a state of creativity so we can start to create the life that we want to live. Um, No good change ever comes from a place of resentment and hatred. Um, we have to shift into gratitude first and then things really start to click into place and the mind works best in the present tense so that is 
where to start with gratitude in the present. Okay, um, and also going through CFS in and of itself is a trauma, let alone all the traumas that led us there in the first place. So uh, just like allow yourself to grieve and accept all the emotions that come up and know that it's okay if your priorities or values have changed now. Uh, when we realise the value of our health, the way we might live our life changes, which means you may lose some people, things or behaviours that used to make you, um, you. So that's kind of where that feeling of lost can come from as well. So really accepting this is a part of the process of becoming realigned with the truer version of yourself um, can help and time plays a bit of a role in this and also if you haven't already like this is a great time to get support around you from loved ones or professionals because um when you're with regards to like symptoms you know when people are just very very symptomatic there's not much you can do with regards to focusing on the symptoms you kind of just have to respond well and do your best with that until they subside a bit and then that's a really really good time to get some support thank you for listening i appreciate you if you do get value from this podcast i would love it if you could share follow or review it simply so it can continue to grow and reach more people suffering with cfs it'll take you less than a minute but it could change someone else's life for the better